0: Welcome to SHINE, a child and youth development podcast brought to you by Catalyst Family Inc. I am Valerie Kelly, and with me is my co-host, Allie Ladio. If you
1: are a parent, teacher, or work in a childcare setting, our podcast is for you. On SHINE, we interview experts in child and youth development, share helpful parenting resources and advice, and provide you with inspiring stories as well as practical advice for supporting your family, community, classroom, and beyond.
0: Thank you for tuning into this episode of Shine, inspiring conversations around children, family and early child development. This podcast is presented to you by Catalyst Family Inc, parent company of Catalyst Kids. Catalyst is the largest nonprofit childcare organization in California and we encourage children's unique development through play-based learning, Support busy families through quality care and strengthen communities by providing a safe place for every child to thrive. Offering daycares, preschools, and after-school programs, camps, and beyond. Find us at CatalystKids.org.
1: I'm Ali Ladio, and on this episode of Shine, I'm lucky enough to be joined by Caroline Chambers, an incredible recipe developer, food writer, and the author of Just Married, A Cookbook for Newlyweds, not to mention mom of two and working mom superstar on Instagram. Caroline was kind enough to share some of her favorite tips for staying sane while running a business and trying to keep the family fed and healthy. We discuss what to cook when you don't feel like cooking, some favorite go-to recipes for sneaking veggies in, and even grocery shopping tips. Be sure to check out the show notes for links to Caroline's website, newsletter, and Instagram handle. You won't regret it. Thanks so much for joining us. Hi, Caroline. Thanks for joining us today.
2: Hello, thank you for having me. I'm good. I'm really excited to chat all things parenting and food and whatever else
1: comes up. You know, all of our favorite things, right? All of our favorite things. (laughs) I'm, I'm the perfect one to be... Um, the one interviewing you today, not as opposed to our other host that that does this sometimes, just because I am your exact key market. I am <laughs> the busy working mom that needs c- constant updates and things to do in the kitchen and tip, tips and tricks. So thank you so much for joining us.
2: No, I'm so happy to be here. Yeah, we have the same family dynamic too. You have two girls, I have two boys. We both work full time. Our husbands work full time. So it's there's a lot of overlap here that we can dive into.
1: Exactly. Um, so yeah, before we dive in, I'd love to ask you to just introduce yourself for the crowd, if you don't mind.
2: Sure. So I am Caroline Chambers. I spent many years as a recipe developer. I worked in test kitchens. I worked freelance. I worked for a um, kitchen appliance company as their like lead recipe developer. I now focus mostly on developing recipes to share on Instagram and developing recipes to share on my once weekly newsletter, which is called What to Cook When You Don't Feel Like Cooking. So it's basically a serialized cookbook. Um, I've written a traditional cookbook with Chronicle Books that came out many years ago. It's called Just Married. And this is sort of my... So Just Married wasn't when I was a newlywed. What to Cook When You Don't Feel Like Cooking is sort of my answer to life as a full-time working mother of two. There are so many nights when even though I work in food, I just don't feel like getting dinner on the table. And these are the recipes I cook. So they're really quick. They're efficient. They dirty as few dishes as possible. They're healthy. They're things that, you know, I never, I don't call any recipes kid-friendly because You know, kids are not friendly about food, but they're as kid-friendly as they can possibly be. Um, I share a lot of like tips and tricks about how to trick your kids into eating food, uh, into eating what we cook. So those are my two focuses now, kind of my Instagram platform and my Substack newsletter platform.
1: Awesome. Thank you so much. And yeah, you you had such an interesting development over the last couple of years that were very COVID-y and the world was falling apart um and that really seems like it has affected your business growth too like could you just speak to that a little bit just how going virtual and how um everyone's needs and changes during this uh crazy couple of years affected yeah you? so i had i
2: had the most like the funniest sort of most literal transition from uh, during COVID time. So March 15th, I was down in Monterey uh, shooting this huge campaign for Corona beer. So March 15th, 2020, I was shooting wow. this massive campaign for <laughs> Corona beer, like full studio shoot for these like 10 recipes that I had developed for Cinco de Mayo that were going to be like all over the country on billboards on in magazines all over the place. And with the photographer and with the food styling team, we were like, "What's going to happen, guys? Like this Corona thing? How funny, Corona beer, Corona virus." And the next day, if you'll recall, was the day that California like shut completely. Um, When that happened, I say that I have this like very, um, this sort of like very literal. Shift in my career that happened. So Corona called and was like, uh, "We'll pay you, but we're not going to need those anymore. Um, we're good for now." So wow. I like, send over these images, you know, get paid. But that's over. Slowly over the course of that week, I hear from every single one of my clients that we have current projects that we're working on. At this point, I'm a full time freelance recipe developer. I'm developing recipes for magazines, brands, um, but mostly brands who are like using these recipes as a way to advertise their products. Right. Right. So in a global pandemic, nobody knows how to advertise their products. They're like, okay, full stop, Caroline, we will not be meeting you now. So I had this opportunity all of a sudden to like really grow my personal brand. I'm doing air quotes for those listening. Um, (laughs) My personal brand in a way that I just didn't have time before. So prior to this, I had always known it was really important to start growing my Instagram. And I would like you know, if I didn't have, if I had a week off where I like didn't have any projects I was working on, cause I was a freelancer, I would like go full force and like publish five, uh, you know, great recipes to Instagram and like get a hundred new followers. And then I would have a huge job, a huge freelance job that paid actual money. So I would focus on that for a month and it kind of went like that for years. So I had maybe like 3000 Instagram followers max at the beginning of COVID And just decided like, okay, this is my moment. I'm not going to let COVID like, you know, completely kill my career. I'm going to pivot and really focus on my personal brand and growing, you know, my ability to share recipes directly with the world versus via a brand or via a magazine. And so that's what I did. Um, I started sharing like, I would do these like videos of like quarantine kitchen. Okay. I want to make, you know, pots. Uh, penne alla vodka, but I don't have any tomatoes and I don't have any cream. So like, here's what I'm going to do instead. And I would like go through my kitchen. I called it quarantine kitchen. I would like go through and be like, okay, I've got butternut squash. I've got milk, you know, here's what we're going to do instead. Um, And so those really helped me grow my following. I started doing home cooking classes. Allie, I think you've taken some. So like Mm -hmm. cooking classes from via zoom from my kitchen and those really helped me grow. Um, and that I kind of just went from there. And eventually from there, ended up having enough, growing my Instagram following enough that I launched a paid newsletter, the What to Cook newsletter. And that has kind of just completely become my career and my revenue streams. And um, that's sort of how I transitioned. But COVID was it was one of those funny things where the world shutting down opened up a lot of new pathways for my Career And I also, at this time, I'm really talking too much, but at this time, I was also had a let's see Mattis, our big boy was fifteen months old. I was pregnant with our second son, Callum. Um, so my family life was also, you know, changing and evolving during this time as well. And so the way that I cook and what I wanted to cook and who I was cooking for was also changing and evolving, which is really um, sort of changed. My style from, you know, I used to do like lengthy four-hour recipes and like really focus on food styling and like making it look beautiful with edible flowers and blah blah blah. <laughs> and now I'm like, okay, twenty-minute recipe, get her done. It's yeah. delicious. It's it's nutritious, but we're not, you know, we're not
1: doing any riffraff here. Exactly. Oh my gosh. Well, that's such a good. Um, that's how it was during during COVID and everything is really a for a transition to how things just are in general now, like now everyone, you know, people are, were trying to get back to normal quote unquote, but we are also all much more virtual now and much more scattered. And there's still a lot of, a uh, distracted energy. So I think even, you know, two years ago, regardless of COVID two years ago, looks so different than now in terms of how people are just trying to balance their lives and run their families. And so, um, you certainly got me sucked in with all that. I, loved the I think I started following you a couple years ago right around the same time and loved the online classes it was such a cool way to connect with family on the east coast and like yeah. do something with them when we were all locked down um and I think one of your general vibes was always um less dishes like one so many one pot meals which is my favorite too because that was yes. one of my biggest reasons I didn't like cooking was having to clean up after or just make too big of a mess Percent, so, it's like okay I just did all
2: this work to eat for 10 minutes like have my kids maybe eat two bites and then I have to clean up for an hour no that's not yeah, what we're doing here
1: yeah. So I'd love to talk a little bit more. Yeah. So I know that a lot of our, um, you know, the folks that listen are busy working families and trying to feed, um, our children as uh, healthily as we can, but quickly, efficiently, uh, healthy, but affordably all that good stuff. Um, yeah. so I'd love to just start off with some of like the basics, like let's start, I know you've got two young kids and, and so do I, and, um, they both, yeah, y'all eat so differently. And um, let's just hear about your, your family priorities when it comes to feeding the kids. Like what makes it easy? What have you prioritized in terms of just kind of setting good habits for um, the children's eating habits and uh, the family?
2: Sure. So what comes to mind, just because you were just talking about how the world has changed, the working world has changed so much and so many people are now working remotely. So the first thing I want to talk about is piecemealing your dinner prep. So in the past we would get home from our jobs at five o'clock this would be our only time to see our kids so we've got from five to 7 30 or whatever your bedtime is we want to see our kids and we want to cook them a healthy nutritious meal and we want to clean that up and we want to somehow hang out with our partner and like have quality adult time. those three things or however many I just listed are like completely unrealistic in that time frame, right? like there's no way that that's all happening. So the beauty of this new, and I'm sorry if you're a listener and you have an in-person job, but there are wheel, there are ways for you to piecemeal your dinner prep also. And I'll talk about those. But the beauty of this like work from home lifestyle that so many of us have now is that we're not having to like bang out an hour of dinner prep from that, during that like really precious time that we have to spend with our families. So what I always like to recommend people, A, these one pot, sheet pan meals are such a game changer. Like just getting, cooking the entire meal in one pot or on one sheet pan really simplifies things. So whether you're, you know, if you're making like my, I have this like sheet pan coconut curry chicken with vegetables, it's really good. So let's talk about that. The entire thing can be prepped, marinated, completely laid out on the sheet pan cover it up with plastic and then like right before the kids get home, pop it in the oven and dinner is ready by 5 30. And you're not having to do anything once they get home. You did like maybe 10 minutes of prep on your lunch break or whatever that looks like for you. So that's one thing is kind of like piecemealing. Or if you're having like a salad and grilled chicken, you know, get your chicken marinated while they're while the kids are even eating breakfast. That's a really good window of opportunity, I find in my house anyway, is that like, okay, so it's kind of crazy when they all wake up. But once I get them their breakfast and they're sitting down, I have a moment. I have maybe like 10 minutes where I can put their lunches together if that needs to happen. Or I can start this dinner prep. Um, So I will do like a little bit of dinner prep during their breakfast time. And like while while they're kind of like doing their cleanup, quote unquote, from that. So that's one great thing that this like transition has enabled. I think people are still cooking is overwhelming for families because you like no one, no one was taught this, right? Like maybe you had a parent who loved to cook and they taught you to cook. But I find like the people that I talk to about this more often than not, the mother traditionally was cooking for the kids who were busy with their activities. And so at no point were you given like a crash course in how to cook. So all of a sudden you're a parent and you're expected to know how to cook and nobody does. So it's like this overwhelming thing. People don't know how to chop. So like even like chopping an onion is really intimidating for people. And that's like the basics of every single recipe. Uh, So side note, if you're feeling really intimidated by cooking for your family, go to youtube.com and watch a knife skills class uh, I told a knife skills class when I had my online cooking school and it was one of the most popular classes because people were like, Oh, I can do this so much faster now. Um, so that's, I don't know. I think that's one of the biggest ways that like this transition to work from home can really like benefit families is you no longer have to do all the prep all at the end of the day. You can kind of do it throughout the day and then just like warm things up at the end Um, And then you asked what I really focus on with my family. I find, so I have a three-year-old and a one-and-a-half-year-old. And and I find, especially, of course, with the three-year-old, the one-and-a-half-year-old is still in that beautiful phase where he'll eat anything I put in front of him. So especially with my three-year-old, if we all sit down to the meal together, this is like a tale as old as time, but it's hard to do, right? Because we're busy, we're running around. If we all sit down, I'm sitting at my dinner table, so I'm doing a visual. If we all sit down around this table together, he will eat so much more. If we just sit down, we don't even talk about food. We talk about our day. I don't don't say a single time like, Mattis, eat your broccoli. Mattis, eat your chicken. We don't even talk about it. I'm eating the same meal as him. I find that he will eat so much more, so much more quickly, so much more efficiently without complaining than... If I just sit him down at his little table by himself or with his brother, he like crushes food when he's with us. And I don't know. I don't know what that is. It's a just a really good way to connect as a family. Um, You know, sitting around the family dinner table is we all know that that's an important thing but I also just find that it actually gets him to eat. It actually works.
1: That's a a good reminder. We did actually speak about that in a recent episode with one of our nutritionists about, um, you know, even Catalyst in the Centers before COVID when it was, um, you know, healthy, they actually were all about the family style uh, even at the Centers, which I thought was really, really cool. They kind of had to take that away for um, COVID reasons, but I think it'll come back at some point. And it's so great that they, um teach that and it actually reminds me I whenever I see them at school, they sit so nicely and neatly and quietly and eat their food next to their friends. It's all about that kind of peer-to-peer, you know, encouragement. And so it's probably something along those lines where they're like, oh yeah, if everyone's doing this, why would I leave? Um, It's funny.
2: I I had my son's parent teacher conference this morning and he is a part of the California school system. So he gets this free um what's it called subsidized lunch. So I have no idea what he eats every day. I don't have to pack his lunch. It's a great thing, but I have no idea if he eats. I, every single day he yeah. comes home, and I say, Mattis, what did you eat today? And he said, milk. He says,
1: milk. And I'm like, hey. <laughs> the one thing they remember, I know that my always do the right. same them. And then later it's I find really- out from the teachers, I'm like, they eat like vegetables. Like they'll eat whatever <laughs> they put in front of them. <laughs> exactly what I was about to say, I was like,
2: yeah. um, does Mattis eat his food? And she was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I think it's, she said exactly what you just said. I think she was like, it's like the group camaraderie. They're all eating the same meal. So they like actually just sit there and like chit chat and eat their food.
1: I was like, he eats vegetables. She was like, oh yeah. So cute! I I remember that was a realization once when I was like, okay, so I'm gonna stop asking them and I'm gonna ask the teachers. So I was like, give me some ideas because if they eat little bean burritos, I found out that my daughter yes. loves bean and cheese burritos because she I do. Well, I was like, awesome! I can make those at home. That's super easy. I'm so cute. That's um, so funny. My uh,
2: bean burritos is also one of his that he's never once mentioned. I was like, you like? She was like, oh yeah, he crushes the burritos.
1: I what? learned that they liked green pasta. I was like, but they don't eat it at home. They won't eat pesto. But then when I started calling it green pasta and making it pasta. Kind of, they would eat green pasta yeah. oh which yeah. segues me to something I was gonna ask because I think I've seen you do a couple of little tricks about things you can like mix in or ways to sneak in vegetables and yes. i just gonna go so overboard I know there's like all sorts of stuff on Pinterest about like crazy sneaky vegetable things but just wonder what are some of your just go-to like easy way to get it in there because my I do have a three-year-old as well and she. Yes. Does not like green things, right? Oh. Now. She's like, my favorite vegetable is strawberries. <laughs> yeah, <she's> so- <laughs> so, which I'm okay with, but um oh, if yeah. I ever called strawberries a
2: vegetable, Mattis would like be oh. like, "Oh, well, I no longer like them." Like thank I'm done now.
1: Thank oh, you for well. side, quick side note, actually, and this is I, I love our pediatrician, but this was sort of one of those funny moments where I was trying to get him to hush up. He said in front of the children that at this age, um actually, just eating fruit is just as good in terms of like vitamins. So they don't really need to eat vegetables. I was like, say that behind closed doors, dude. Yeah, yeah. I'm, wow. to, I'm still on a mission to get them to eat vegetables, but it was just really funny. I mean, it made me feel better as a mom at the moment with like- Oh my God, eating. thank
2: you for sharing that with me. That just made my entire day. I know. Um, okay, one of my best tricks for getting uh, vegetables into their diet. Green stuff is hard. It's, it's hard to hide unless you're doing it in a pesto. So I have this kale- pesto recipe that like went viral-ish on Instagram, actually, that kids crush. So I think I call it, we can link it in the show notes. Let's do it. I think it's called like, oh, I think it's called hella green, hella Hella good green pasta or something ridiculous. Anyway, it's really, it's really hella good. It has a ton of kale, spinach, you know, a lot of cheese and the things that make it taste good but it's incredibly, incredibly nutritious. And kid, like both of my kids crushed it. Kids across America have been really loving this. So that's a really good one. Sneaking greens into pesto. You can always add spinach. Arugula gets like a little spicy for kids sometimes or you know whatever that arugula taste is. But kale, if you just blanch it, that like bitter kaleness totally goes away and gets hidden by the nuts and the cheese and pesto. So sneak a handful of kale or spinach into your pesto next time you make it, which Mm. if you've never made pesto, it's incredibly easy. Nuts, cheese, olive oil, basil or whatever herb you want to use. So that's a really good one. And you can serve pesto with like grilled. It doesn't have to be pasta night. You can stir it into rice. You can serve it with grilled chicken and vegetables. Like there's so many ways to use pesto. And then my other one that I use all the time is cauliflower rice into ground meat. So whether it's, Mm you're making tacos. My kids can't handle tacos yet. I can't wait for that day, but they like can't hold a taco yet, but whether it's tacos and you're making like the ground beef with taco seasoning and maybe some tomatoes in there, stir in a cup of cauliflower rice, the color completely, like the meat juices and the taco seasoning, it all combines. So they cannot see it at all. Um, you can't taste it at all. Cause it's so masked by like the ground beef taste and by the or ground turkey, whatever you're using and by all those seasonings. Um, so I use, I love to use it in like a taco application or I have, it's from my newsletter, what to cook. You don't feel like cooking this. It was my number one. I had everyone vote, um, recently on what the number one, most kid-friendly, Recipe they've cooked from my newsletter is and it was like almost unanimous my healthy turkey bolognese I think is the name yes. and again we can share that in the show notes Do it. it or in some capacity if you'd like to it is like almost a pound I think of cauliflower rice that you cook in with the ground turkey before you make this bolognese and then you know you simmer it for 30 minutes so it loses totally all of that like like, you know, cauliflower <laughs> rice can be a little sulfury, a little hard, but yeah. like, it loses all of that and just gets the like delicious
1: tomatoey, um, bolognese flavor. That's so great. And I forgot, I think about cauliflower rice in general, and I'm also thinking it's just the, the fact that the color is white it could blend yeah. in. it's all about the color they just don't want to see it I don't even think my kids are that picky about taste as much as they think it's like just uh, nice. they, tell they me. The Flex. They don't want the flex of the green
2: cauliflower yep. rice into smoothies is another yes,
1: that's my big sneaky trick that's yes. my that's my only trick these days is the smoothies because anything with a banana and like a little bit of sweetness they're down it's for sweet. it and they don't even mind the weird color I just use my opaque cups and I got a little straw situation Ooh because you can make like smoothies get brown real fast so like, get, do. like kale I don't, you know, I don't so. want a spinach and that smoothie looks like dookie really yeah. fast yeah so I, yeah I just covered okay. with a straw and I'm like all right so I like cauliflower I can add, add in there for sure
2: good another good smoothie hack like if, you know we all think of like spinach and cauliflowers are pretty common one but adding white beans so like cannellini beans navy beans great northern beans um adding you know, a fourth of a cup or those of those to a smoothie makes it really creamy and adds a ton of like fiber and all those good things that we all want in our smoothies. So that's Thank another
1: good. Awesome. Yeah. I'm, I'm not afraid to sneak that in sometimes. And then I, uh, you know, in the mean in the meanwhile, we're doing all of that just exposure. Like I'll put stuff on oh. Salem's plate fully knowing she's not going to touch it, but it's just, sure you get it for today
2: fully knowing that either she's he's gonna throw it on the floor or I'm gonna end up eating it as my dinner slash breakfast slash lunch like
1: I serve myself (laughs) these tiny dinners when I serve them like fancy you know new additions because I know I'm gonna just eat everything on their plate so I'll be like here's mommy's portion because I'm ready (laughs) when you are
2: mommy's having a tablespoon of dinner because I know I'm about to eat all of your dinners because I'm
1: too cheap to throw it away Oh, exactly so now we're so now yeah following the path of just realness in the evening so then if they don't eat any of my dinner which we just mm-hmm. go on about our lives but inevitably they're then hungry before bed so this mm-hmm. is just everyone has their different tactics here but like what do you guys do for before bed snack <sighs> we're hungry I like go back and forth on it. You know, we had a phase where my husband was just like, no, just go to bed hungry. This is too annoying. Your mom just made a whole dinner. But then, you know, then they're just going to not sleep. So I don't know. What do you do? My (laughs) tactic, I'm not going to say my tactic
2: works. We often end up caving and doing like, you know, some crackers or whatever. But my tactic is... If that plate doesn't get eaten, the plate gets put into the fridge exactly as is, or it sits at his spot because I'm trying to, you know, not push. So I'm trying not to make him eat the meal if he doesn't want to eat the meal. So if he doesn't eat the meal, it either sits there all night until bedtime. Mm -hmm. Once he goes to bed, I put it away so he knows, hey, your plate is there. If you get hungry, it's there. Or if it's like something... I can't think of what would be like food safety wise, but every now and then I'll just put the entire plate away in the fridge. And I mean, just like your house, it sounds like every single night. And it's also just a don't want to go to bed tactic, right? right. Every yeah. single night I get the, I'm hungry. And I say, great, your plate's still out. So he knows the plate's there. Mommy, I want something else. Yeah. And yeah, It's like, nope, that's what's for dinner. That's what I cooked. That's what's available. If he's like really, really pushing, I mean, I'm not going to lie and say I never cave and just give him a cracker so that he'll go the heck to bed. But I'm really, really trying for my party line and my tactic to be your plate is still there. It's available for you if you're hungry.
1: Yeah, see, this is why we have these chats though. We hold each other accountable. I'm going to reset my goals as well. I've been going a little off kilter on that, but I feel like having the meal and then having like one thing, like if you really hated it and you're hungry, I've been just doing a one spoonful of peanut butter, but that's the only option. So no other like, I like that. fun snacks, something like I that. I am um, cool enough for 20 minutes to get to bed.
2: <laughs> I really like that. Yeah, yeah, seriously. Just like, you know, keep your blood sugar steady enough. I was on Emily Oster, who's a parenting I love her. guru. I was on her newsletter recently and she, we talked about this same thing. Actually, you just reminded me of it. And she has, her kids are older. So they're not as like, I don't know. They're yeah. older. So all our tricks don't work as well on older yeah. kids, right? So she does, they have one, they always have in the fridge, baby carrots, celery, and hummus. So if the kid, they have to try a bite, which I can't get my three-year-old to try a bite. So maybe eventually we'll get to that phase when he's older. But if he doesn't want to bite, he's not trying a bite. So they have to at least try the new meal. If they then do not like it, they can say, may I please have hummus and carrots and then that is the every night go-to so her point was you don't want to make the alternate so good that that's what they're always going to ask for instead so like hummus and carrots like that'll get old really fast but they're getting vegetables they're getting protein they're getting plant-based protein they're getting fiber so you know it's like all right like they're
1: going to be fine yeah that's that's good And
2: and it's like it's always there you have to try the new meal. She's, she subscribes to my newsletter and cooks a lot of my recipes. So she like tried, I had a beef full bowl, bowl the other night and she emailed me and was like, the kids like absolutely loved it. Uh, one of them wouldn't touch the beef. So, you know, he got a little bit of hummus, but other than that, like it was a great meal. Like yeah. that's really smart. Like
1: that's awesome. We like okay. didn't
2: know your kids are getting protein, you know?
1: Exactly. Oh, really g- fun transition for yeah. Speaking of ages, like Salem needs everything all separated, but it works out well because you love your recipes. Like you can easily just kind of compartmentalize yes. the pieces, and then but the rest of us have them together. Rowan just started eating things together. Like she now <gasps> understands the value of like a sandwich or like a featherness. Yes. I'm like, don't isn't it delicious? Or I'll teach her how to put some couple things on a fork. She's starting to expand. It's so exciting. Yes. <laughs> that is okay. That's not talked about enough.
2: I feel like I I'm trying to. Callum is my baby, my 18 month old or something. I'm trying not to like do the separation into quadrants as much with him because I feel like I screwed my my Mattis over. Like he doesn't know how delicious, like with a little bit of mashed potatoes. Like a soup or like a bowl of something. Yeah, soup, forget it. We're not Mm. even, we can't even talk about soup in this house. Like when it's soup night for me, my kids are getting the alternate meal. No no questions asked oh but yeah I'm trying with my baby to not separate his food as much because I mean Mattis truly cannot even compute the idea of like eating a bite of mashed potatoes with a bite of his chicken or whatever
1: so funny I know but, we went through phases because I and actually for all the benefits of school and what they did for the good habits they also did a lot of the compartmentalizing so that's yes. what taught Rowan so she was such an amazing eater would eat anything then went to school and was like oh but mommy nothing touches each other at school like it's all these like you know they're all these cute things so then Mm -hmm. we go with that and then that's of course what the younger ones saw and got used to yeah it's just crazy maybe if your um little one turns out to be um you know the older ones are eating just totally mixed normal food by then then they won't rub off it's all about the like domino effect of the habits But but i will
2: say just before we move on from like Quadranting your food, or whatever whatever you want to call it. I will say, just back to like sort of tactics for family friendly meals, build your own slash letting kids sort of create Uh, their own meal is really helpful. So, one pot meals are tricky for this because everything kind of gets mixed together. But sheet pan meals are really easy for this. So on you know, the left side of your sheet pan, you can have your roast chicken. In the middle, you have your roast broccoli. On the edge, you have your roasted carrots, whatever. And they're able to go, okay, I'll have three pieces of broccoli, four carrots, and a little bit of chicken. And giving them a little bit of like autonomy and choice in this situation, I find, you know, gives him gives my toddler like a little bit of buy-in and a little bit of like, I don't know, Say in the situation, which also helps the. That's true.
1: That's true. Letting there be a little bit of like, yeah, the <laughs> nights where I'm like, we're gonna let this be a little bit of a messy night. Like maybe a couple yeah. nights a week, I'm like, this is okay. You can help me cook, and it's gonna be a semi-disaster. Yeah. But but it's so fun, and yes, Sam will make her own disastrous sandwich. But then she'll actually take a bite of that sandwich. Right, <laughs> one right. time. Right. Also uh-huh. dip, 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 dip.
2: Like whether it's just yogurt, I yeah. no longer am ashamed even remotely of offering ketchup at every meal. I find that. If there's a dip, they will try so many more things.
1: I need to expand on my kid dips. I think they got bored for a while. I don't think they like ranch. I was like, why don't you love ranch? I need to find some more like mellow dips for yeah. that. Yogurt-based sounds good. I should probably try to add more like seasonings into, ranch, into yogurt for that. Yeah,
2: yogurt with a little bit of lemon juice, salt, honey is like really good. Okay. Um, uh, I do a lot of yogurt-based, like, I mean, it's, usually
1: it's because of the green flecks in ranch. Exactly. They don't like how it looks. Yeah. It's intimidating. Um, Well, we're, we're doing it. We're getting there. I want to, I I know I want to be conscious of time. I guess the last thing I'd love, I mean, your, your habits of preparing meals is probably way different than most of us since you are making all these lavish, amazing meals all the time. But do you have any tips for busy families when it comes to just you know, simply meal planning, um, grocery shopping, that's something we're struggling with for two, we were sort of in a good flow. And then we just somehow got out of our flow. Like, well, will all of a sudden have no groceries. And I'm like, well, crap, how does this happen? You know, the flow of getting the groceries into the house. Yes. And like, okay. You know. My one tip, and I actually learned this
2: from my cousin. My one tip is once you have a meal that you know, your family loves, and you know, is like a go-to for you guys. Open up a note on your cell phone, create the grocery list, like bold it at the top, sheet pan, chicken and green beans, mm-hmm. build the grocery list for that. So chicken breasts, green beans, olive oil, da-da-da-da-da. Make it a checklist. And you can copy and paste that into your grocery list every single time. So you can go through you'll and by the end you'll have this list of like okay halloumi chicken and watermelon i'm looking at my own notes that's a very like not very (laughs) niche meal uh fried chicken whatever whatever it is you'll have this list of all these different meals with all these different grocery lists and then you can just copy and paste it into your weekly grocery list you can find overlaps so okay I need to buy two pounds of chicken, so I can get the bulk packet, Costco, whatever. Um, and it makes gr- building your grocery list really, really easy.
1: Yes, thank you. Good tip. We're resetting. I, I, I'm the, I'm the cook in the family, but I really like Jim to be the grocery shopper. So that means I am yeah. very organized, yes. so that he doesn't come home with. All sorts of random crap that I don't want to cook.
2: <laughs> oh, sending, I mean, I can fully relate. Sending my husband to the grocery store, like it's not even worth it. I get 50, I'm full Instacart person now.
1: Yeah. You know what? I should embrace that again. That was that was a good that was a good moment of I am, and I was just doing that all the time. I should guess you go back. It's worth it. <laughs> yeah.
2: COVID introduced me to Instacart, like not having to go to the grocery store getting it delivered. And I have fully adapted. I get a delivery like every single day. By the way. If you're new to Instacart, so Instacart is like $90 a year or something. It's a, it's a um, subscription and you can get del- groceries delivered from whatever in your area like buys into Instacart. But look at the main page and it will tell you if the prices are the same as in-store or if they're inflated. So if they're the same as in-store, it won't tell you if they're inflated, but it'll tell you... Go to the home page. I just learned this after years of Instacarting, it will say on the page that shows you all of your um, options, Costco, Walgreens, Safeway, or mine, it'll say in-store prices if it has the same prices. So Costco, for instance, is like majorly marked up. But for me, it's 30 minutes away. It's totally worth it.
1: I was using it for Costco a lot and I'm actually super close to Costco and I realized I sh- that it wasn't worth it, but I was loving it because that's the most annoying store to go to with all the crazy, I loved the oh. big, humongous delivery on my front porch. It was so nice. Yeah. So Maybe still worth it, but thank you. Yeah. Hot, hot tip on Instacart. Appreciate
2: that. Hot, yeah, very niche uh, tip, but honestly, Instacart is probably one of my best like working parent actually cook meals for family
1: tips. So worth sharing. <laughs> great okay and my biggest tip for busy working yeah. is to follow caroline chambers <laughs> you are seriously are have been the reason i've been able to keep cooking and i love cooking but yeah the easy, the easy fun ing- ingredients and recipes really make a difference so as we sign off i'd love to make sure people know where to find you can you share where, where we should yes. start with people?
2: so on instagram i'm caro chambers c-a-r-o chambers and on instagram i share a lot of like quick, easy, more like appetizer. And like, um, I don't share like complete meals as much there. I share like, you know, here's a great salad. Here's a great side dish, that kind of thing, but for complete meals. So my newsletter, what to cook when you don't feel like cooking is always a complete meal. So all your sides, your starch, your protein, whatever it is for the evening all of it all together. I don't want you to have to then go dig around for what side dish pairs well with this. Um, and it's a complete meal, always in under an hour, usually in under 30 minutes. That is whattocook.substack.com. And you can find it all on my website also, carolinechambers.com
1: thank you. And we'll include all of these links in the show notes, of course. Um, and it's been so much fun talking to you as always, Caroline, thank you so much for, for joining us. Appreciate it.
2: Thank you so much for having me. And I look forward to, um, getting in touch with some of you through,
0: uh, Instagram or my newsletter. Awesome. All right. Have a good one. Thank you for tuning into this episode of Shine, inspiring conversations around children, family, and early child development. Please subscribe so that you don't miss an episode and connect with us.
1: You can find us at catalystkids.org slash shine.